Welcome to the Effective Prayer Strategies Podcast with Prophetess Felicia Carter-Wade. Get ready for principles for a powerful prayer life. everybody from around the world want to welcome you to the Effective Prayer Strategies podcast. Uh, God bless all of my followers, those of you who tune in to me on a regular basis as we give you uh, tools for effective and powerful prayer. You know, we've been talking a little bit about covenant and I want to continue in that uh, series uh, in partnering with the covenant-keeping God. We have a covenant-keeping God, and He has afforded us the opportunity through salvation uh, to be partners with Him. And uh, it's important to know what the covenant is. It's important to know uh, who you are in covenant with. And so we're going to go a little deeper into what it means to be in covenant with the uh, and partnering with the covenant-keeping God. Uh, first of all, let's talk about covenant and the meaning of covenant. I don't think we went over that the last time. So I want you to have a, a good understanding of the definition of a covenant. And so I'm going to read to you several definitions. Uh, the first one is a covenant is a binding and solemn agreement to do or keep from doing a specified thing. I'm going to repeat that. A covenant is a binding and solemn agreement to do or to keep from doing a specified thing. I'm going to read another one to you. Uh, Well, I'm going to let you know this. There are two forms of covenants. There's an equal covenant and there's an unequal covenant. Two forms of covenant, equal covenant and unequal covenant. An equal covenant is a covenant between two people who are in equal rank. Two people who are in equal rank or equal in humanity. For example, uh, remember when Jonathan and David made a covenant to be best friends and to watch each other, watch for each other. Uh, in the book of, I believe that was First Samuel chapter 18, uh, those were uh, two human beings of equal caliber, and they came into covenant with one another, okay? And then the unequal covenant, we know, is a covenant between a person and a superior being or a deity. In this case, we're talking about us being in covenant with the almighty, true and living God, the one who says that I am not a man and I cannot lie. If I said it, I'm going to do it. This is the God that we are in covenant with. So it's important to know who you're in covenant with so that you can know whether or not they have the ability to back up what they are covenant in covenant with or who they are in covenant with, or what is in the covenant. We serve a God who is able to bag everything up that he has put forth in his word, in his covenant. And so we need to know that. We need to understand that. And so in that, you need to understand that it's important to understand, to know that you are in covenant with a God who can back up every word. Now, there is a two part to that. So if God is making a covenant with us as a deity or a superior being, he knows that he can back it up. We got to understand that he can back it up. But we also have a responsibility in what the covenant says so that we can fulfill our portion of the covenant. Amen. And so uh, having said that, I want you to you know get a good understanding of what a covenant is and who you're in covenant with. Okay. So that's an unequal covenant. Also, here's another definition. A covenant is defined as an agreement 
or a bond which has a spiritual binding and has adverse consequences to the offending parties as well as blessings for them that keep their part of the covenant. And so what they're saying is, you know, uh, if you do not fulfill your portion of the covenant, then there are consequences related to that. And so we want to partner with the covenant-keeping God. We want to fulfill everything in the covenant. Let's go back to a scripture that I said. In Exodus 19 and 5, it says, The Lord says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, here is a promise that God is getting ready to show, God is getting ready to tell you that if, the word if means it's contingent. So if you obey his voice, If you keep his covenant, if you do what he says to do, here's what he said. Then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for the earth is mine. I love that. God has promised us that if we obey his word, if we keep his covenant, we're going to be a special people to him. And there's going to be blessings associated with keeping his covenant. Listen. We are in partnership with a covenant keeping God. It's important for us to know what's in the covenant so that we can keep the covenant. And I am so, uh, you know, I'm perturbed by believers and Christians who are not making it a point to stay familiar with what's in his word, what's in his covenant so that we can partake of it. So I have a few points here I want to give you, and then we're going to go to a scripture uh, that's going to further, you know, give you some some uh, context for what it means to keep the covenant of God and God keeping his covenant. It says, uh, I wrote this down here. Those who fear the Lord will seek after his covenant to govern their life after it. So if you feel the Lord, you're going to find out what his covenant, you should find out what God has to say in his word so that you can fulfill it. And so that you can look to God to fulfill his covenant. If you don't have any expectation, if you don't have any faith, if you don't have a premise or a basis for uh, receiving the promises of God, then they're just going to be out there. You have to enforce. You have to put a demand on what we know is our covenant right in our covenant relationship with the Lord. Otherwise, listen, we have a real enemy. The enemy will oppose you. And the enemy would try to keep you from obtaining or receiving everything that's written in the covenant and the word of God. And so be intentional. I'm saying that to say be intentional. Be intentional about seeking out what God has to say, about seeking out the covenant, uh, what's in the covenant of God so you can partake of it. Don't blame God if you're not getting everything that's written in his word or written in the covenant. Amen. And then listen to this revelation of the covenant should produce a level of repentance and it'll produce a pure heart of holiness. When you read God's word, when you read his covenant, when you understand who he is as a holy God, then you should partake of the covenant and you should partake of the characteristics of the one who uh, produced that covenant. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 1 through 25. And we're going to do a little reading here. And this is about uh, the King Josiah. And once he found out and read the things that was in the word of God, in the book of the law, 
and realized that how far they had fallen from it, he made some changes. And this is what I'm telling you. When you understand what God has already established for us to walk in and operate in, then, you know, you should make some changes if you are not receiving um, what the promises are that he's already established. Look at verse one. It says in Second uh, Kings chapter 23 verse 1 it says now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the priests and the prophets and all the people both small and great and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. You hear this. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord. Here it is. King Josiah, he's standing up in front of everybody and he's making a covenant before the Lord. Here's a covenant to follow the Lord. And to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. Do I have anybody who will take a stand for the covenant, who will take a stand for everything that is written in the word of God? There are too many compromising believers, too many compromising believers, leaders who have not taken a stand for the covenant of the word of God. And thus we have what we have in society today. And if you're not taking a stand for the word for your own personal life, you will have chaos in your life. There are things that will come against your life, that will come against your marriage, that will come against your ministry, that will come against your family and your finances. If you don't take a stand for the covenant, then you can't stop what, what the enemy will try to come against and take from your life. But when you take a stand for the covenant, then you will not tolerate, you won't tolerate anything that's outside of what you know the covenant keeping God will back up for you. The verse four says, and the king commanded Hil Hilkai, the high priest, the priests of the second order and the doorkeepers, here it is, to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then he removed the idolatrous priests whom the king of Judah had ordained to burn incense, incense on the high places in the city of Judah and the places all around them. And those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the constellations. Come on, everybody who's paying attention to their horoscopes. Come on. This is what they were doing back then. And to all of the hosts. Uh, all, and to all the hosts of heaven, and he brought out the wooden images from the house of the Lord to the brook Kedron outside Jerusalem, burned it at the brook Kedron and ground it to ashes and threw its ashes on the graves of the common people. What is the king doing here? The king got a win of the covenant of God. And he realized that his kingdom and the people therein in society had not been living up to what was written in the covenant. Therefore, a curse 
was upon their land. There was a curse that was in operation and judgment was beginning to be imminent upon them. But listen, here's what I said. When you get a hold of the covenant, this is the statement that I made. Revelation of the covenant produces a heart of repentance and a heart of holiness. In other words, you want to please God. You want to please the one who set forth in the covenant. So repentance has taken place. The king realized we've fallen short of the covenant. The king realized that we're not holding up our end of what God has established in his word. I love the fact that King Hosea brought it out. He read it before everybody so everybody can hear it and everybody can see how far they've fallen. And then he began to repent. He began to undo what society had been doing for God knows how long. Whoever was the former king had allowed these things to take place for generations. And now he's righting a wrong. And I love it. And here it is. He says, then he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden images. And he brought all the priests. Look at the spiritual leaders. He brought all the spiritual leaders from the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense. So you got the spiritual leaders operating and partaking in wickedness. And this is, listen, they have taken, they had taken on what society was uh, pushing. And I can relate that to where we are today. We are in a society where wickedness has being put, is being pushed and spiritual leaders are partaking of the culture, of the wicked culture, of the enemy, um, the God of this world, uh, of his principles and his his uh, culture that he's pushing for wickedness. You got spiritual leaders that are backing it. And that's the same thing that was happening in Josiah's day. Come on, let's bring home a little bit more. Let's bring home even further. We got spiritual leaders who are siding with wicked laws. I mentioned this last time, who are siding with wicked laws, laws of killing children, laws of all types of perversion, uh, sexual perversions. They're uh, pushing a law um, that's going to be voted on uh, a few, you know, I think in the uh, election this coming fall on whether or not, you know, uh, pedophilia will become legal where where adults will have the right and the privilege. And it will not be against the law to pursue a sexual relationship with the minor. This is the type of wickedness that was going on back then and it's going on today. Why? Because no one observed the covenant. No one observed and had a fear and a reverence for the word of God, for the covenant of God. And so we have what we have in society today. But there is a king. There are people. There is someone who stood up, who read the covenant, who got a revelation of it and repentance came and the land and, and, and the kingdom shifted. It says also he broke down the high places of the gates, which were at the entrance of the gates of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were to the left of the gate. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brethren. And he, 
and he defiled Topeth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, that no man might make his son or daughter pass through the fire of Molech. Do we not have the spirit of Molech in society today where our children are being offered up? This is what they were doing. They were burning their children in the fire, sacrificing their children on the altar of Molech. And so we have that in our society today because we are not standing guard over the word and the covenant of God. And when we don't do that, wickedness will prevail. Verse 11 says, then he removed the horses that the kings of the of Judah had dedicated to the son at the entrance of the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan uh, Malek, the officer who was in the court, and he burned the chariots of the son with fire, the altars. That were on the roof, the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the king of Judah had made and the altars which Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord. The king broke down and pulverized there and threw their dust into the brook Kadron. Then the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem, which were on the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Astoreth to the abomination of the Sidonians. For Kemesh, the abomination, abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images and filled their places the places uh, with the bones of men. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel and the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which, which made Israel sin, had made both that altar and the high place he broke down and he burned the high place and crushed it into powder and burned the wooden images. So as Josiah turned, he saw that the tombs that were on the mountain and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar. So here it is. Josiah is cleaning house because he got a win and a whiff and an understanding of the covenant of God, of the word of God and realized we need to repent. So I'm going to say it again. Revelation of the covenant should produce a level of repentance and a pure heart of holiness. And those who fear the Lord and who seek after his covenant to govern their lives after that, after that covenant are those who fear the Lord. And you will reap the benefits of blessings when you keep your bargain, you keep your end of the covenant of God, you're going to reap the blessing. Listen, but if you choose not for whatever reason, to keep your end of the bark, then there also are repercussions. There are consequences. And we want the blessings of God. Amen. We want the blessings of God. Now, there's a lot of reading in first uh in 2 Kings chapter 23 uh concerning Josiah and all the things that he did. Listen, it's it's listen, because we have so much reading uh to do in, in uh second uh Kings chapter 23, um sometimes I believe believers don't want to really read the covenant to really understand how this covenant and knowing this covenant can help save your life. Amen. So God put things in place for us uh, in his covenant so that number one, he can get the blessings to us so that if we stay within the realms of the covenant, he will uh, allow his blessings to flow. And then there are things that he tells us, hey, don't go beyond this, because if you do, then there's curses waiting for you. 
So know that you are in partnership with a covenant keeping God and that he wants his blessings to flow over your life. But if you do not understand the covenant, then you're not going to understand the blessings that are associated with the covenant keeping God. Amen. So stay in partnership with God's covenant. Stay in partnership. Read his word. Seek after it. Fear the Lord. Reverence his word. And observe to do it, as the Bible says in uh, Joshua. If you observe to, to read his word, to apply his word, to do his word, then the Bible says you're going to reap the blessings of, t- of keeping the covenant because he's a covenant-keeping God. He's never going to uh, come short, come up short on his end. So let's make sure we don't come up short on our end. Amen. And so that is what I wanted to kind of present to you all today uh, an understanding of what covenant is so that you can know who you're in covenant with and so that you can fear the Lord, you can reverence him. And that when the Lord reveals to you a portion of his covenant that you're not keeping to make sure that you repent immediately, that the blessings will begin to flow because the enemy is looking for any opportunity, any door, any legality. He's looking. If you're not actually in, um, intentionally seeking what God has said in his covenant, then he, the enemy will definitely make sure that he keep you blinded so that he can still kill and destroy in your life or that so, so that he can uh, keep you blinded to what God has for you, the purposes and the destiny of God for your life. Listen, we are playing with an enemy who does not play fair. But we also have a God who wants uh, his highest and best in our lives. So go in God's grace, go in God's power, seek his covenant, keep the fear of the Lord upon you and watch the blessings begin to flow in your life. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining me here on Effective Prayer Strategies uh, in terms of keeping the covenant of God. We're going to come back to you again. Uh, as we go further into what it means to partner with the covenant keeping God. God bless you. We'll see you next time.